Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Hello, welcome to the Truth For Your 20s podcast. My name is Katie, I'm your host. And today I am super pumped to introduce you to my new friend, Elle Ingalls. She helps business owners and regular people alike help eliminate the effects of stress on your mind and body from her the creation of her very own pressure-free method. I met Ellie kind of by um, a mistake, really. We um, got on a phone call and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love you. Can you be on my podcast? And she has such incredible insights as it relates to stress and what it does to our bodies and how we can get out of that cycle. And I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you Um, all for being here. Thank you so much, Katie. I'm thrilled. I mean, we had such a great conversation. It was crazy, right? (laughs) I know. It was so crazy. We're like, um, we accidentally met and can we be best friends? (laughs) (laughs) Super. So back us up a little bit and how what your background is and how you got into doing what you're doing today. Yeah, you know, there's really two pivotal moments where all of this has come to fruition. And so I'd like to take people back to my years in grad school for a moment. So I grew up in a tiny place, New Hampshire. There's not very many of us from New Hampshire, so it's a small place. And I went to the University of Michigan. The school had more people than my town, my city, which was the capital, right? So it was a, a pretty big culture change for me. But I thrived there. I loved it. I did three degrees there. I did a Bachelor of Musical Arts where I designed my own curriculum because I had a professor who encouraged me to go into conducting. And, and then I did two masters. I was the first woman to conduct the University Symphony Orchestra and to be in the orchestral conducting program. So broke a glass ceiling. Nice. Really cool. And a lot of women have come through that program since 1986 when I, I was in it. And this little moment in that time, I, I also was doing an MBA. So two huge programs at the same time. And, you know, today it's like 50-50 female, male and MBA programs. But back then we were odd ducks. Like there were maybe 20, 30 women in the entire program of 600 back then. So, so it, was, it was really challenging. It was really exciting. And I conducted a program afterwards we're in the green room and the soloist that I'd worked with was a a clarinetist and he was getting ready to do his recital. And he said, Hey, I want you to perform, play your violin on my recital with me because we just had such a great experience with you conducting for me. And I immediately said, yes, even though I wasn't really playing my violin a whole lot. So I was like, Oh, okay, I'm going to do this thing. So I practice, you know, and I get ready to go. Everything's rehearsals are great. When I stepped out on stage, I swear this kid must have been the most popular person in the music school because it was standing room only in the recital hall. Usually you just get like a few people in there. It's standing room only. People are standing in the back. And I don't know what it was about that because I had never experienced stage fright. 
but I went into what would today be called a full-blown panic attack on stage. My heart was beating out of my chest. My hands were so sweaty. I could hardly hold my instrument. I couldn't see the music. And I have to lead this whole thing with my violin. And, and I just, I couldn't hear. I couldn't see. I just felt total meltdown. And so after the performance, I, I, tears just started streaming on my eyes. I go, I'm so sorry. I just ruined your performance. And he goes, what are you talking about? I go, well, did you see what happened to me? And like, no one noticed, which was odd. And I guess, you know, I had enough training that I'm going to play okay. But I went back to my apartment that night and I said, that can never happen to me again. I can't have a meltdown in front of the orchestra. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just not going to cut it. So Katie, I, I went to the med library. We didn't have any phones or computers in 1986. So I went to the medical library and I started digging in on mind-body connection, mind-body performance, and I created a little set of mental toughness tools. So fast forward a couple decades, I have three sons. I think you're going to meet Hugh. I don't know if you've met yeah. Hugh. So my, it was actually Hugh. We're sitting around the dining room table and my two older boys were playing baseball for the same high school team. And Hugh goes, Mother, you should coach our baseball team in your mental toughness tips. We could win the state championships, but you should teach the boys what you teach us and your violin students. We would be amazing. And I just started laughing, like who wants their mother in the dugout? <laughs> That's a crazy idea. And he, he said, actually, I want you in the dugout. And so I looked at my middle son and he goes, we want you, mom. We want you to do this. So I started writing. My husband's a professional writer. So he kind of tightened up my language, threw some funny baseball graphics in. And I had this rudimentary pamphlet, if you will. I took it to the tough coach first, the guy with the chew in his mouth and the <sighs> arm folded, you know, who's just going to like laugh me out of there if he doesn't think it's good. And he loved it. And he said, take it to the head coach, but I'm completely supportive. I think that you should work with each boy for like a half hour right on the field, like just come right to the field. And let's do this thing. So I took it to the head coach. It was 2010. And his, as his profession, he was a financial planner. And he saw, I get like five sentences out. I show him the little pamphlet and he goes, I need this. Will you be my private coach? Then two days later, my department chair at the college where I taught violin for years, she goes, I tell her what I'm working on. And she literally grabs her checkbook and goes, oh my gosh, I need this. Can we start working tomorrow? <laughs> so... I had two paying clients and a whole baseball team. And that was in 2010. So for 11 years now, I've been coaching people individually. People as young as 10 and as old as 80 can learn this method. And then in groups and teams of any size. So small work teams, athletic teams, large corporate teams. It really doesn't matter. You can put 2,000 people in a hall and I will coach all day. So it's, um, it's like it's... It's like I was born to do it. Do you know what I mean, Katie? Like yes. all of my experiences, all of the challenges and traumas I've experienced in my life, like everything has brought me to this point to help the world transform out of stress mode. <laughs> well, and we need it more right now. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, I'm, <laughs> people can make arguments about this because people have been stressed since the beginning of time, but I just see it so prevalent right now. Oh my goodness. It is off the charts. We, we already had created a stressful society before 2020. And really the last 50 years just keeps amping it up and amping it up and amping it up. And I mean, you and I can go back to when we were young and how different it is now when we were young. Sure. And a lot of it is self-pressure. I bet your listeners will say, well, you know, my parents didn't really pressure me and even my coaches. It's me. Yeah. I want to be amazing. 
we have perfectionists like bred into us now where we want to be amazing. We want to reach our full potential. We've been conditioned to want to reach our full potential. And yet we feel like such failures inside. Yeah. And so, so it's like a, it is an epidemic. <laughs> True. And I, I created, it, it really was, you know, when the boys wanted me to do this in 2010, I have to say it was truly like a download from above and years of research and study all coming together. And there's one other little piece too, because I'm a big believer in investing yourself and having mentors and coaches in your life. And I had just put a mentor in my life two days before I taught my boys asked me to do this. It was just two days because it was a Tuesday. We had the meeting Thursday. They asked me that I put a mentor in my life. I was working on a financial program for to launch into the world. And he said, I'm sorry, but I read your bio online. And I don't think this is what you should be doing. He said, I think you need to stay open. You're incredibly multi-talented. I think there's something else here for you. And so he goes, don't you, you don't have to shelve this other idea I was working on, but he goes, just stay open. And then my boys asked me to do that thing. So you know what I mean? It's like I love it. putting yourself in a situation where you have someone who can take a look at you from the outside, True. I think is so important. So I'm a huge believer in coaches, in mentors, people who can really help you see what you can't see because we we have blind spots. Absolutely. An unbiased third party is what I call it. They can oh, see yeah, it might be right in front of you, but you can't see it. So I would love for you to maybe just like do a mock coaching, if you will. So, you know, our typical audience, she's, you know, 20 something, normal stresses, as you can imagine, maybe still in college, maybe boy issues, uh, trying mm-hmm. to figure out what she wants to be in, in life. And you said it perfectly, maybe not so much pressure outside, but so much on the inside you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses on social media, trying to be rich and famous, yet only, you know, so young in life or whatever it may be. Talking and coaching with her, I'd love to just kind of, you know, hear what you would kind of help her unload and Absolutely. her stress-free life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do, I'd love to do two things for you. I want to yeah. teach you what I call the ABCs of the fight or flight stress response. So we're not going to go all the way to Z, by the way, we stop at H. <laughs> just in case you got worried there. <laughs> yeah. And then the three steps of the pressure-free method, and I'm going to give a powerful starter tool. So you're off and running. The first thing I really want to say to everybody, I almost get tearful here, is like, it's not your fault. Your biology has been informing your psychology since before you were born. Because your mom would be stressed in situations, or you heard an argument. We hear a lot when we're in there. And so you started going into fight or flight before you were even born. Your spine actually makes a little six-second cycle opening and closing, bringing fluid in to develop your lungs and then pushing it out. But you will freeze in fight or flight. And that's why as an adult, you might freeze (laughs) and feel like, I can't do this. (laughs) This is too much. Overwhelmed, burnout. So let's dive into these ABCs. The first letter, A, these are the emotions or affects that whenever you start to feel them, you could trigger the stress response, which is that natural fight or flight stress response to protect us from a true attack. But here in the 21st century, these are the things. Anytime you feel annoyed or angry, and that kind of falls on a continuum, like you might be a little annoyed, a little annoyed with your boyfriend, and then you're full-blown angry, right? So it's like on a continuum. Anytime you feel anxious or afraid, anytime you feel ashamed or abused. And by abuse, I don't just mean physical abuse or even harsh verbal abuse, but the little tiny 
verbal abuse. Like maybe there's somebody that you live with or you're close to and they call you by a nickname that you don't really like or something that happened in your past that is still haunting you and looping, looping, looping and holding you back. So that's also how I, I mean, you know, what I mean when I talk about abuse. So that's, those are the emotions. When you feel those emotions, you're primed to go into fight or flight. If you do trigger fight or flight, you go into the B behaviors. Excuse this word, but it's true. You can get very bitchy. Right? <laughs> I hope it's okay that I say that. On your yeah, show. it's fine. Snippy, you know, you snap at people. You have a short fuse. You can get very bossy. And you might, people might say, you know, wow, you bully people. You might not even be aware that you do it. I'm raising my hand here because I can think back to many instances where I just thought I was getting things done, but I was very pushy and kind of bullied people into making sure we got things done, if you will. We can finger point and get blamey. Oh, it's his fault. I don't have my degree yet. Oh, it's the kid's fault. This is going on, you know, or you'll shame yourself. You'll point back at yourself. Some people binge. So you keep a little secret stash of chocolate in your desk or wine or weed or whatever you're doing. I want to write a book someday. It's going to be drunk girls can't dance and high moms can't parent. Oh, nice. Okay. Great title. True. It's true, you know? And so, but we're self-medicating because we feel so awful and we we're just trying to relax. We're just trying to feel better. Maybe it's for me, I used to go down to my corner store and get grandma cookies and all those chocolates. Yeah. There's always something. Somebody's always got something. So binging. Sometimes people will say this to me. This is wild, but it's true. They'll say, L, I feel like my brain is broken. Like it's just not working. It's not working to the level I know is possible. Maybe you have test anxiety. Maybe you um, have social anxiety. Maybe there's just too much on your plate, you know, so you feel like you're just spinning here. And then, of course, burnout. Just plain, I'm done. <laughs> uh, so those are the Bs. The Cs are words that my clients have used that say, this is what I feel now using the pressure-free method. I feel calm. I feel more confident, courageous. Another word they use is congruent. Like the outside and inside is matching and I don't have to fake it anymore. Like, you know how we look really calm on the outside, but inside we're just such a hot mess. Right? Sure. So those C words come into play. I love to joke with my clients that in my course, you want C's, D's, and E's. You don't want A's and B's and F's, okay? So let's see. After the C's come the D's. So if you're listening right now, you made a decision. And when we make a decision, we cut off the other things. That's what it means in Latin, to cut off. So when you make a decision, and if you make a decision as I'm sharing with you today to actually check this out and actually start to do this, this little three-step thing I'm going to teach you, it can change your life. So making a decision and then doing something, uh, these are part of the Ds. Another is it takes a little determination to change habits. And you've got habits of reactions that are generations old because you imitate people. It's a daily discipline. In fact, I'm working with a high-level vice president in a Fortune 500 company, and she goes, oh my gosh, I love this lifestyle. So she's made it a daily discipline and now she's living pressure-free. So it feels good. And then the last D, Katie, I think is so important. It's deserving. I truly, I really stand for the fact that I believe that every human deserves to have a fulfilling, amazingly beautiful life. And we've created a society where that's so hard to have happen today. 
So I really, really stand for that. And it's like this key we have to insert deep in our heart to say, you know, I deserve to have a great life. I deserve to be loved. I deserve to receive. And women have a hard time doing that too. A lot more times than men, though everybody's different. You know, everybody's got their thing. And a lot of men have softer hearts than we might think. So as a mom of three boys, I really know this. (laughs) So deserving. The E's are like the C's empowered, enlightened. By the end of this time together, I want you to feel enlightened. Like you understand now how this biology is fueling your psychology and what's really happening. And then you're empowered because knowledge is power. You're empowered from the inside. Instead of looking for all the approval from the outside, you start to get empowered from the inside. And then a couple other E words are energized and exhilarated. My clients say, I feel so exhilarated every day now. The Fs, fight, flight. So you want to fight in this situation or you want to run away or you may feel stuck and frozen. There's a couple other Fs that I've learned from clients. One is a client who had ADHD. And she says, a lot of us in that community, we fib, we tell little lies. So if your boss says, do you have that project done? You'll be, oh, it's almost done. You haven't even started, but you know you can get it done by the deadline, right? So like you're trying to cover your butt. So that's um, fibbing is an interesting one. I have a new client and they're like, that's me. I fib all the time. People don't know it. I just make up these little lies to cover myself because I'm so embarrassed if they actually knew what was going on with me. And then fawning. So fawning is over flattering. And you'll see yourself do this when you are in a social situation. You really want to be a part of the tribe. Like you want to belong. So you might be like, oh my gosh, I love your sweater. <laughs> You're just kind of overdoing it. Yeah. There's a, also, you'll hear your voice get kind of high pitched. You'll get a little tension in here. Like, oh my gosh, I love your sweater. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> have you done, I've done it. I'm sure I have. Yes. Yeah. It's just like you, you get a little more higher pitched and you're, you're just trying to belong. That's because when we go into fight or flight, this area of a body tightens, the throat tightens. It, in fact, for some people, they might think they have asthma when really what it is is a stress response. Stress-induced asthma, they call it. But what it is, is this whole area of the body tightens. So let's see, those are the Fs. The Gs are goal setting, generous and gentle. When you're trying to set goals and you're stressed out, it's super hard. <laughs> you do everything you can. You muster all the willpower you have to like try to design your life, but it feels impossible. And so I help people move through that so they can really design their life. And then the two words I'd like to bring forward today are generous and gentle, because I'm going to teach you something new and it takes process. We're so used to grabbing the magic box and da, 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 we get the answer today. But if you're going to really change some habits of reaction, I want you to be gentle with yourself and other people because your eyes are going to be open and you're going to see that people are in fight or flight. And you might be like, oh, now I see it. I see what's going on. So H's. H's are our body. And it's actually the first tool I want to teach you before I even teach the method. Most of the stress that we have today is happening in our heads. We weren't working on the farm all day and physically doing a ton of labor. So why are we so exhausted at the end of our day? It's emotional exhaustion. And so because so much of the stress is going on in here, a really simple tool is to get out of your head and into your body. So I'm going to teach you how to do that right here in a couple steps. So the first is your heart space. So I want you to feel your shoulders for a moment, get really wide out toward the walls. Most of us women try to keep ourselves small and tight 
So when your shoulders go out to the wall, you open up your heart space. Do you feel that? It's like your ribs start to open up too. So when you open up this way, it can feel a little vulnerable because you did open up your heart. But if you're trying to connect to someone, someone that you love, someone that you work with, maybe a new client or a customer, if you're open in this heart space, they will feel like you're hearing them and seeing them. It's like your heart is open to them. And the moment you do it, you actually create more blood flow to your brain. And that counteracts what's going to happen in fight or flight that sucks the blood out of your brain. That's why your face turns red when you're embarrassed. So you want some beautiful blood flow going and just going wide can help you. This next part's going to be crazy, Katie. So just go with me. If you're listening to this, please do it with me. Okay. You have permission to grab your own butt. So I want you to grab your butt muscles, your glutes, and pull them behind you and sit on your hamstrings. So the second H is hamstrings. So your hamstrings are those big muscles under your leg bones, under your thighs. And when you sit with your butt behind you, because a lot of people have back pain. And if you're in back pain all day, that's wearing on your nervous system. That's causing stress. So if you get your glutes back, I learned this from my private body coach, by the way, fabulous woman, Leela Veronica. If you want to interview her, she's great too. (laughs) So it's like, get those butt muscles up by your spine. That's going to protect your, your lower back. So we're not supposed to sit on our butts. Also think about a scared dog. When a dog is scared, it tucks its tail, right? And it kind of goes, it curves, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're sitting on our butts, we're literally sitting on our tails. We're tucking our tails. When you sit like this with your glutes behind you, if you had a a tail, it could wag, right? Yeah. So when your tail can wag, you actually mentally, your nervous system is like, everything must be okay. Because if you're walking around with a tucked tail, by the way, some trainers and some yoga instructors have you constantly tucking your tail. That's putting you in a scared position. There's a reason for that, by the way, but we don't get into that right now. So so you want your tail to be able to wag. It's just a really simple tool. So that's your hamstrings. And the last is your head. If you're on a computer and your phone a lot, make sure like I can tell like your head is in a beautiful place right now, Katie. But a lot of times we're always in that tucked position. So we're kind of creating a smaller world for ourselves. So head to the horizon. I encourage people if you work, even if you're in like a cubicle at work or you're in your room, you have a room and it has no windows, put a beautiful poster up with a horizon, you know, get your head up and look out at the horizon. So you start to get a bigger perspective because a lot of the things we trigger fight or flight over are small. And if you can start to get a bigger perspective about your life, about life in general, and even nature and the beauty of it, it can just kind of get you out of your head for a moment. So those are the H's. Those you can put right in your tool belt right away. (laughs) I love all of this so much. I have, (laughs) I'm already like sitting, you know, broader. Yes, it's, it's true. In yoga, they teach, we call it Tadasana, like a straight line from the back of your head to your tailbone. But I don't do it all the time. You know, I do it when I'm in yoga class, but just sitting here, that's that's really powerful. And yeah. you, about the being your head up, the horizon, I notice that so much. I like to walk around our neighborhood a lot and we have this, we have a lot of hills and there's a spot where you can see the sunset at the right time of day. And it's funny, I will notice I'm looking down, you know, if I'm maybe listening to a podcast, I'm clicking up, whatever, whatever. And just literally changing my perspective and looking up, it just, it... <laughs> Yeah. You know, my problems aren't as big. The world is so much beautiful or <laughs> right. you know, isn't a word, but you know what I mean? It just changes 
your perspective, literally and figuratively. It really does. And it's, I love that you brought up the fact that while we're walking, because I walk every day and I notice that I still, I'm looking at the ground so I don't trip over roots and stuff, but you can have your eyes go down and still keep your head in a good position. So playing with that. And because you have a lot of women listening and for you enlightened men listening too, but we hold ourselves very tightly. And a lot of people complain about that back shoulder pain and all of that. So when you open up here, it really does feel better. And when you feel better, you're going to be less apt to trigger fight or flight. It's like a protection for yourself. So let's get into the method then. Let's do it. (laughs) Three simple steps. As you can see, I use a lot of alliteration. I use words with the same first letter. So you can remember all of this. Oh, and before I go into it, I have to give you a secret that most people don't know. When males trigger the fight or flight stress response, their bodies are going to go into an up to nine hour cycle. There's two different floods of hormones that have a whole host of side effects. I mentioned the face turning red, palms getting sweaty, like shutdown of the brain, all of these things, all chronic mental and physical diseases caused by stress hormones. So if you're on a medication for something that you're taking all the time, that's a chronic condition. I suffered from eczema for 35 years. This hand, I could never get a ring on it. And my, my fingers were so red and bloated that in every picture from until 2010, you won't see this hand in it. Like I'm always hiding it. I had to dig really hard to find a picture. My fingers were so cut and bleeding. I mean, it was horrible. I put little band-aids and it was so embarrassing. But my first big violin competition, I was 13 and my whole hand broke out in eczema and I could never get rid of it. No matter what doctors, diets, I tried everything. And I thought I was a pretty calm person until I created this method. Using it on myself in eight weeks, it completely healed. Wow. Because this is mostly women here too. For all of you, for any of you, if you get a mammogram and you have dense fibrous tissue, that was me until 2010. Eight weeks into using my method, my breast tissues completely changed. Wild. My my mother died of breast cancer. My grandmother had it, but she lived to be a hundred. Okay. So, but my mom died quite young. And so when that change happened for me, I can't wait to work with an oncologist and actually do some real research on this. I have my theories because you're wicking fat and glucose from your extremities every time you trigger fight or flight. And you're also bringing toxins to the center of your body. And so what is that doing to all of your organs, all of your tissues? And when you stop doing it, there's like a reversal. It's like your body can finally heal at night. So for guys, it's up to nine hours, which is their whole workday or whole night trying to sleep. But for females, it's an up to 24-hour cycle. Wow. It's a huge biological gender difference. And when you learn that, it will make so much sense. You have an argument with a male, and a few hours later, he's pretty cool. Are you cool? No. You can't understand why they're not still upset. And even the next morning, you're still upset about it. And so learning that biological difference, it's the main reason, by the way, for the glass ceiling in any profession. And you'll hear, you will hear women and female and male executives say, I'd love to promote this woman, but I can't quite trust her emotional responses. Or, you know, there's, there's a glitch. I, I wish I could promote her, but there's, she's, you know, there's something going on that I can't, I can't have her in that position because if she does that in that meeting, we're done. Right. Like there's, there's something there. It's the stress response. It's a stress response. So if you can learn this, it's going to change how you 
work, how you are in interviews, how you are in relationship, because you're not going to be overstimulated with all those chemicals. And they really mess with your, your sex hormones too. That's why some women have really terrible periods and really, you know, just, we can go on and on about the chemical soup we start to create with all this. So three simple steps, targets, triggers, tools. I just coached 55 leaders at Microsoft and they said, the three steps are gold. <laughs> so first targets. With targets, what I mean are, what is it you'd like to see happen in your life? I encourage my clients to dream big. Like even if you've had a chronic disease your whole life, what if you were free of it? I could have never believed my eczema would leave me. It was 35 years that I had it. So think for a moment and think, okay, if I didn't stress out anymore, like what could be possible? How much money do you want to make? Do you want a promotion? I had a woman I coached at Blue Cross Blue Shield who actually created a whole new position and lifted herself right up into it. You know, like what's possible for you? So targets are important and they're the first step of the method because they're your fuel. And you hear this all the time. You need a deep reason why. Why do you want to change? Why do you want to make this happen? And so I really dig in with people to say, okay, sky's the limit. What do you really want to have happen? Once you've defined your, your, your targets, and those usually include performance, relationship, and health. Those are typically the three areas. Now we can start to identify triggers. So triggers are anything that cause you to release the fight or flight stress hormones. So let's give an example. Well, we had a perfect example this morning, Katie. Yes. <laughs> we were supposed to be on a different platform this morning. And for some reason, it crashed on us. And so we had what I refer to as tech stress issue. Yes. And I'm one of those people that if I push the button and I've spent thousands of dollars on all my rigs and my lighting and all the stuff I have in here, and I push the button and it doesn't work, that's extremely annoying. Sure, it is. <laughs> and so not to mention that we value people's time and it's like, oh, I forgot to say to you, I have plenty of time, Katie. You don't have to be a rush, right? Because <laughs> we'll be messed up about that. We don't want to yeah. waste the other person's time and all of that. So so let's take just the tech stress. You push the button, it doesn't work. If you trigger fight or flight, your amygdala in your brain is going to tell your heart rate to charge up. That's why you might feel your heart rate going up to tell your adrenal glands to release the flood of hormones. Adrenaline is the chief one, but it actually is a cocktail of catecholamines. So I like to say you're now under the influence for up to 24 hours. Okay. Wow. And when that all happens, you move into those B behaviors, like that whole, the whole thing starts to happen. Here's what a lot of people don't know. Once the first flood goes out, a little later, there's a second flood of hormones. And it all just depends on the how much of the release, who you are, what the situation is. But at some point, your brain's going to say, okay, that threat is over. We fixed the tech issue. So at some point in these next few hours, yours and me, if we triggered, our brain is now going to say, okay, time to fix all this. We don't need this cocktail anymore. We've got to get the brain cells and the extremities back to normal. That's why you get the sweaty palms or cold hands or feet. People will say it's a thyroid issue. First, it's a stress hormone issue. And then that will mess with the thyroid. So is this making sense? Like, yes, I'm, I'm like fascinated. I'm thinking about how I have cold hands all the time. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. gosh. I did too. Oh, and my feet would be so cold. I have to put on big, thick wool socks yeah. in the winter. 
to go to bed. Same. My husband jokes. He's like, you wear socks to bed. I'm like, don't make fun of me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm the same thing. So yeah, I mean, it all has a reason. So that's why I'm enlightening you, empowering you just by teaching you that it's a biological thing. Yes. So the second flood of hormones that goes out, we're hearing a lot about cortisol today. People are using CBD, THC to try and reduce cortisol. However, if you release the adrenaline, cortisol and glucose is going to go out to get your brain cells and your extremities back to normal. They're going to get the salt, sugar, and water content back to normal in the cells and you're powered back up. We don't want to reduce it if we have to fix all this. Does that yeah, make Yeah. So that's why a lot of people who are thinking weed is helping them sleep at night, they're actually not getting a full night's sleep because you can't get into a delta wave sleep with marijuana. Wow. Is this because like a lot yes. of people are trying this because it just got legalized in Michigan, what, a year ago? And now we have like a whole bunch of 20 to 30 year olds that are lost. They're quitting college, quitting school. They're lost. It's because this isn't functioning right. So you need the cortisol and you need the glucose. However, when cortisol hits your brain, it can make you feel anxious for no reason. That's powerful. I was working with a 14 year old who'd been in chronic anxiety for two full years. When I shared that with her, it's like the light bulb came on. And she said, Oh, you're telling me I'm not really crazy then. I'm like, no, it's just these hormones telling you to be anxious and worried, but yeah. you don't need to be. You're safe in your home. <laughs> it's okay. And so she actually was the fastest I've ever had a client break the stress response. In two and a half weeks, she went the whole day without triggering. Wow. And I could tell because when I went to see her, she had a real smile on her face, not a oh. fake smile. You know, it was real. And I go, oh my gosh, you did it, didn't you? She goes, yeah, it's been like two days in a row. And so it was cool to see. So when you, if you feel kind of that general anxiety, it's actually a listed disorder today in the psychology big compendium, general anxiety disorder. It's it's the newest one, I guess. It can be because of this hormone. Also, it's a wake up drug. So that's why you might have trouble sleeping. So I have a client right now who just said, I can't believe it. I've never had like a real night's sleep in my whole life. She has a lot of anxiety and depression. She's like, I'm fully sleeping every single night now. I don't need any sleep aids. I don't need any melatonin, like all the things. It's actually the stress hormones that were the issue. So sleep is so important for us. We can feel anxiety because we're not getting (laughs) Yeah, it's a cycle. (laughs) It is this downward flushing, you know? So triggers, identifying what makes you feel angry or annoyed, anxious or afraid and ashamed or abused. So like with the name calling thing, if you hear somebody call you that name and you, you probably were triggering every time if it didn't make you feel good. So it's like, I'll teach you a couple of tools to remain neutral. So you don't overreact. And that's the thing today. Most of us are not under attack. We're overreacting to all these little things. And because we're driven, I'm sure everybody listening here, you're a high achiever you really want a great life and you really want to be successful. And so that right there, if you feel any sort of disconnect can be one of the things that triggers you. So notice what's triggering you. It's like mapping them out. By the way, don't get discouraged because I once had a a 17 year old complete two sides of an eight and a half by 11 in the tiniest little spider skull (laughs) with all her triggers. And it was like, Oh no, 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 it's okay. (laughs) We're just going to work on a couple at a time. 
Yeah, really. Wow. A couple at a time because you could identify a lot of things that make you feel these emotions and your emotions are valid. We're not going to stuff them down anymore. We're going to acknowledge them and see them. And then we're going to move to tools. So targets, triggers, tools, tools, and the 10 second solution. So from a resting heart rate, hopefully listening right now, you're on a resting heart rate. (laughs) It takes about 10 seconds before all the processes in the brain tell the heart rate to rise and the adrenal glands to release that flood of hormones. So from a resting heart rate, 10 seconds is a pretty long time. Thousand one, thousand two, I'm not going to wait. So it's plenty of time to either completely use any of the tools that I teach or at least start them. Now, if you're like me, you may have to pile a few tools in because you have a habit of reacting to something over and over again. So my husband and I, we raised three boys and one of my triggers is dirty socks in a place they shouldn't be. And the other day, there were some dirty socks. Now my boys don't live with us anymore. They're all grown, right? Yeah. But one day, a few years ago, actually the dirty socks were my own dirty socks. I'd come in from a run and my feet were all wet and I'd just like thrown them off and put them in the hallway. Yeah. (laughs) Like all my own dirty socks. (laughs) But that's just a real trivial example of a small thing, but it made me so annoyed. I was triggering the stress response, literally over dirty socks. Identifying that one trigger started to save me. Plus, my boys, when they learned all about this, they're like, oh, we don't ever want to see mom trigger because it's 24 hours for her. Well, it was a little selfish too, because, you know, if they asked to use my car, I would say no, when there's no reason why they can't. It's just that I'm protecting myself at that point. Yeah. So they don't want to see me go under line. So they started like picking up and their rooms would be clean. And it was just like all this stuff was happening in the household because we were actually protecting each other Mm. from fight or flight. So there can be like this ripple effect. Even if just one person in the home starts to change a little bit, there's a ripple effect. And when you share, like I always encourage my clients, you're going to learn something today, share it with somebody. You can save a life. You don't know what's going on in somebody's head, especially in 2021. You don't know if someone's right on that edge and a simple tool like today, that could be amazing for them. So you've got 10 seconds. The starter tool I'm going to give you is called the celebration Ferris wheel. It's a celebration. Even if you didn't stop the trigger in time and you still feel your face turn red or your hands get cold, I still want you to celebrate. Because, you know, we're trying to break something that's, again, generations old, maybe. So give yourself a lot of grace and celebrate because the next time that trigger comes along, you'll probably stop it. It may take a few times, but keep celebrating because if we don't celebrate incremental gains, we give up. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to give up. I want you to make progress. So it's a, most of us are in the hamster wheel, right? (laughs) And we're running and it's exhausting. And our own weight is holding it down. So I want you to get out of the hamster wheel, get around behind it and turn that hamster wheel into a pretty little Ferris wheel so that you can just push it. Mine is blue because I love blue. I love the color of your wall. I love my my chofa back here. It's like my favorite color, right? (laughs) So I want you to push this thing so you can do it with me. Just push up in the air like you've pushed a little car. And you don't go around like this all day, do you? No, not usually. (laughs) Okay, good. We need to do an unusual motion because a gross motor motion actually tells our brain to create new neural pathways. 
that's how when you were a little girl, you learned how to, you grew your cortex from front to back was with big motion, running on the playground, playing on the monkey bars, jumping rope. The big motions allowed your brain to actually develop. That's why if we sit kids all day and give them ADHD drugs, their cortex is actually not developing. They fall further behind because most of those kids are geniuses. They just, the teachers can't keep up with them. The kids can't keep up with them. They need to be in another whole school. <laughs> they need a school that supports them. So you can actually retrain your brain as an adult with a big motion. So that's why I have you do this Ferris wheel. Second of all, it's silly. So you smiled. <laughs> yeah. When your corners of your mouth go up, you keep a little chemical called dopamine flowing. Dopamine gets a bad rap because it's talked about with addiction. But dopamine is a neurotransmitter required for your entire cortex, your willpower centers, and your, your memory center, your hippocampus, to actually function. When we go into fight or flight, we shut it down. So if you have test anxiety, this is why you can't remember. If you go into a social situation and you meet somebody like, oh my gosh, what's her name? Five seconds later, you're not stupid. <laughs> what's wrong with me, right? Those of us who are getting older, I'm 59. It's like, oh no, is my memory going? It has nothing to do with that. We've shut down our ability to actually remember. And so think about that in a classroom setting. If you've got this all firing, you won't have to study so hard because you're actually hearing the lecturer for the first time. Yeah. So it saves so much time. I gained an hour and a half to two hours in my day when I had my breakthrough and pressure free. Wow. That's a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> actually be able to do what you want to do instead of all the stuff we have to do. So this Ferris wheel also, when you lift your arms up, go ahead and push up again and leave them up and then bring them down, but don't change your ribs. And you'll notice that you got into that wide posture. Oh yeah. Just by lifting up. And it's like you're up and over your problem. So you can gain perspective, just like you brought up when you're, you're up in your beautiful place and you can see the horizon. Yeah. You're up and over the problem for moments. You can figure out what to do. So it's a three, three tools in one kind of deal, all built on neuroscience. And if it's not appropriate to push up, you can always just smile and lift your posture a little bit. So I imagine like a construction worker, big leather tool belt, and we're loading our tools in. I love it. So you're just, you just got a few tools and now you're off and running because you're going to, your eyes are open. You're going to see that something's causing you to trigger and you can take that 10 seconds. It's plenty of time, by the way, you're going to feel like you don't have enough time. It just, trust me, it's plenty of time. And once you start playing with this, and I use that word super intentionally, Katie, like I want you to play because we try too hard in society today and trying is a cop out. Do we have time for a short story? Sure. I want to just play out this whole Ferrisville thing. So I'm picturing you came home and correct me where I get wrong in this. Your target is to be a stress-free mom. Right. You see dirty socks. Yes. You're like, Arr! you lift your hands up, take a deep breath, realize you're above the problem. Is that right? Is that, did I walk that through? That simple thing. And it's true. That's it totally changed everything. Yeah. How totally changes everything. Now I didn't overreact. So now one of my sons come, comes home and says, Hey mom, you want to go play tennis? I'll be like, yeah, sure. Whereas before I said, no, I have to go make supper and I have to finish this computer thing. No, maybe after supper. Cause you were stressed from just that little trigger. From the socks. Instead, my son comes home and says, Hey mom, you want to go play tennis for a few minutes? I'm like, sure, let's go. Right? Oh my gosh. I love this. Well, totally different experience. 
totally different life experience for your family. Yeah. Our whole family uses pressure free. My sons actually hire me to coach their whole team once a month. It's the second year in. Like they're, we just did a session this week. They just love it. And a new team member who I'm coaching said, oh, I can tell that they're a pressure-free team. I can tell. That's cool. I love that. That is cool. Really cool. So yeah, to close out, I just have an example because some of you might be moms and there's nothing harsher than when you see your child has potential in something, but stress or feelings of that they're not good enough, like all of that just can be so debilitating. So there was a runner in the state of Michigan, a boy who, who I've known their family for a long time one of the top runners in the state and his times had plateaued. So he wasn't getting faster and the college coaches had stopped calling him. He was expecting a really great scholarship. And of course they're just monitoring, you know, all that. So I'm at a meet with my son who's running against him and his parents come over to me and they're crying and they go, we heard that you're doing this really cool stuff. Would you be willing to come meet with our son? We just really, he needs some help. He's going to quit. He's just going to quit. And he has so much potential. So I agreed you know, to, to meet. We had our first coaching session together. The next meet, he was seated fifth in a race. He won the race and took 38 seconds off his PR. Now in cross country, that's a 5K. That is a ton of time. It is. I know. Off his PR. Like he hadn't run his PR in weeks. And here he wow. goes and calls that. So now a lot of people think, oh, that's just a fluke, right? The, like a one-off, you know, can he do it again? So we meet for the second session. After that one, he takes another 18 seconds off the new PR. That's incredible. So then he says to me, I can test better now, can't I? I go, yeah, he goes, I'm going to take the ACT again. So he gets two points higher on the ACT, which lifts his scholarship. He gets a great scholarship. So then fast forward to spring track. I'm at this meet again with one of my sons and he's there. He comes over to me and he goes, Mrs. Ingalls, would you be willing to, I don't know, I know you have other people you're coaching, but could you come to my state track meet? Because in Michigan, there are four different state track meets all on the same day. Sometimes I'm running, like driving from place to place to place, just trying to see my athletes. So I say to him, oh, I'll try to be there. And I saw his face drop. And I'm purposefully saying this because when we say we try to do something, it's an instant ability to cop out. And I learned that that day with him. So that's why I use the word play with these tools instead of try to use them. Actually, just have fun. Yeah. So I looked at his face and I saw it drop and I was like, I stopped and I go, no, no, no. I promise I will be there. I promise. So I went to that meet. Comes from a tiny school. There's no, hardly anybody else from his school there, just like his parents and coach and sister, you know, me. So he qualified for 1,600, 3,200 and 800, all three races, which you're not even supposed to run in regionals, but he did it. He says, I'm going all out in the 1600, the first race, because I want a medal. After that, I might not run at all. You can choose. So. so he comes in fourth. It's a great race. He feels good, but he's exhausted. And he comes up and he's like, oh, he just feels awful. So his coach tries to convince him to run the 800. His dad tries to convince him just two laps. He's like, no way. Can't do it. So then they look at me like, you've got to convince him. <laughs> so I go like this. I just sit up next to him. I put my hand on his back and we actually turned into the wind because it was a super windy day. And I did some of my tools with him. One of my tools, and I'm going to give it to all of you, is just relax your abs. So I had him relax his abs. I got his body in a better state. I got it lifted and open, talked a couple of things through, and I talked nothing about running at all. 
And I just went back a couple beaches behind him, back where I was sitting. Second call, not the first, but the second call for the 3,200 came up and he turned around and he goes like this, just for fun, just for fun. He was seated something ridiculous, like 22nd in this race. Like it was just ridiculous. He came in ninth, one away from a medal and got a pew. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now he didn't think he could even run anymore that day. He runs eight laps, gets the best time ever. And he just did it for fun. So I share the story because of the fun aspect. Trying doesn't cut it. We've got to lift it a little more, which is why your targets are important. You're seeking something. And for that, he was just wanted to have fun. Just run a race. Just do it for fun. Last race he'd ever run in high school, other than all those special things afterwards, but you know, as a member of his school. And he just did it. And actually was like a PR ever in the school records. Like he's still in all those school records. So that is amazing. The pressure free method is not hard. It's not rocket science, but you are complex, which is why I've built all the courses and everything that I have, because we're just complex individuals. And we have so much in us that's brought us to this point in life. Even the 10 year olds I coach have so many habits of reaction already built in by age 10. You know, and they say that actually happens by age five. So, you know, there's just so much that we're, it's like the snarly hair. I think I mentioned this when I was talking on the phone with you, like the hair is just all snarly and you're trying to get the snarl out. That's kind of what we're like, you know, all these influences that are informing our stress response. And um, we just got to get some clarity, get clear. And then sky's the limit for you. So. I'm so glad you shared that story about the runner. We have two girls who ran cross country for the first time this year. Yes. Oh my goodness. (laughs) You didn't even know that, but that was so perfect. And it's true. Our youngest, we kept saying this is a mental sport. This is a mental sport. Running is not complicated, but you have to push yourself when you want to quit. And it was about the third or fourth meet. Our youngest daughter, this is like a light bulb. Like this really is a mental sport. Like I really can, you know, decide how well, to some degree, how well I want to do in this race and letting her, when she finally realized that her next race, she got a PR. So So I love, okay. So I know everyone wants to know more because I could listen to you unpack all of this for days. Where can we find more about the pressure-free method, your courses, all the things you're offering the world? Yeah. So lingles.com, my name is the website. And then I have a really simple domain name if you want to book a call with me. So I do a free strategy session for anybody interested in learning more. And then we can really craft like, do you want to do an online course? Do you want to work one-on-one? Do you want to just be in my membership? Like there's three tracks basically. So speakwithl.com is my calendar. That just makes it really easy for people. I think you used it too. So it's- Yeah, I can't believe you do that for free. That's so generous. (laughs) Yeah, I do because- Well, I'll share too, like when I do one of those calls, it's twofold. It's to see, am I the right person to help you? Because maybe you need to do some deeper therapy before we do coaching. Or maybe this is like perfect for you. You've thought about therapy. Maybe you're going to do both. You know, so if you're experienced a lot of anxiety, basically in a matter of weeks, pretty much to every client I've worked with, they've broken their anxiety in an amount of weeks, not months, weeks. Because this is your biology. I'm just teaching you about your body and your mind and how they work. And the light bulb just pops on in you and how much you want it is really up to you. But I do use that because sometimes I, there's only been a few times when I haven't offered a program to someone because they needed deeper help that 
I'm a coach. I work present to future. We will touch on things in your past because we have to untangle those things in respect to stress, but that's a part of it too. So I don't mind doing it for free. I can still do it for free. I don't know if that will last forever, but, but right now it's just my honor to meet with someone, to learn about them, to share and um, see if it's a good fit for them. So, so yeah. So lingles.com, if you go to lingles.com and you click on courses, actually a free webinars on there that lead into what those courses are. So you can learn a bit on there. I have a huge YouTube channel. It's like a thousand of videos and all of that. So there's a lot of content. And if you're on LinkedIn, I would love for you to connect to me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the platform where I'm doing more. I've done a ton on Facebook for years, Facebook lives all the time. And But now I'm really moving to LinkedIn. I'd like to get to the point where I can be doing lives on LinkedIn, but I have to build a following there. So feel free to connect to me there. Yeah, that's... Uh, those are the best ways to connect to me. And, you know, some people ask me too, do you work with couples, with families? And the answer is yes. Typically we'll do some together, but also some apart because everybody's energy is different and everybody's stressors are different. But I've worked with entire families to on this, you know, because they want, want it for all members to be free. And um, I have to give something to you to give your daughters though. So most runners, like you're warming up before the start, right? And you're on the starting line. It's the gun that causes them to go into fight or flight, the starting mm-hmm. gun. Because any human hears that sound and their heart rate usually pops a little. Mm-hmm. So have your daughters keep their abs super relaxed at the starting line and they won't hit the wall about two thirds of the way in. They'll be much less apt to have hit the wall. If your athletes are hitting the wall and even in a 200, I'll see people hit the wall. It's that starter gun. Interesting. Yeah. The starter gun is the thing that more than likely has been, and they they could have triggered the night before just being anxious, you know, but if you can avoid reacting to that gun, they can have a better race. So you just got to PR with that, I bet. (laughs) It'll be fun. Oh my gosh. I love, I was a runner myself. I was also injured and I rode for the University of Michigan. So that was a cool sport too. Nice. But yeah, I've done a few different sports and it's really, I've worked with probably every kind of athlete from gymnasts and football players to hockey players, runners, volleyball. There's just a lot of anxiety in sports today, unfortunately. A lot of pressure. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Drama too, theater, drama, music, orchestra, band, chorus, you know, it's just like we've upped it so much. The things that are supposed to be fun aren't fun anymore because we're the expectations within ourselves yeah. are so high. So, yeah. Yeah. The bar just keeps getting higher. It keeps getting higher. And then we have social media where we compare ourselves to <sighs> Right. Like, oh boy. You know, just, <laughs> well, that was good, but you're not an Olympian, <laughs> you know, my 80 year old client, by the way, was the mother of a gold medal Olympian. Wow. And she found out about me through the grapevine and said, I heard about you. And she goes, I don't know if you can help someone my age, but she suffered from stress her whole life and she tried everything. And it was, it was an honor to work with her. She was an inspiration to me to work with her and that she was so willing to learn. And so, yeah, I love to say that an old brain can learn new tricks. <laughs> sure. Age doesn't matter. And some people think, oh, young people must be able to do it easier and faster. I'm like, that's not the case, really. Mm. 
There's so too many factors into how quickly you'll absorb and change, you know, so, and how deeply stress has been affecting you. I'm sure you can think of young people right now, the stress is affecting them so deeply. It's almost, you look at it and you go, I can't even imagine being that age and feeling that much pressure. Yeah. Um, So yeah. And it's already hard enough. I think at middle school, hard enough already, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. We don't need to add any more. Well, I'm going to make sure we link your website and all of the good stuff on the show notes so people can easily click over. But you've given us a wealth of information. I mean, you mentioned being honored to work with your 80-year-old client. I feel honored to have you on the podcast and share your wisdom with myself and our listeners. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, it was great, Katie. Thank you so much for having us. I'm so glad we had the accidental conversation. <laughs> Me too. What a blessing in disguise. So great. Thank you. I'm over here giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Would you help a sister out and take a screenshot right wherever you're listening and share it on your social? Give me a tag at Katie Wilmer Life so I can give you a big thank you. You sharing it, you leaving your reviews on iTunes is the best possible compliment you can give. Hey, let's continue to hang out. We have a private community called Truth For Your 20s over on Facebook. So just go to groups, search Truth For Your 20s and come join the party.